so loved the world that he gave his son. Can y'all hear me? Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, can I? I'm going to break with tradition. I'm going to ask all of you to stand up if you would for just a moment. Prior to the singing of our first song, now we cannot greet one another physically, but I want you to pick somebody out now and throw in a wave at them and say, I'm glad you're here. <laughs>
Well, good morning and welcome. If you are visiting with us today, we appreciate your uh, doing that, and we would love for you to fill out an attendance card that you see and just leave in the pew if you're willing to do that. We uh, have some special guests with us uh, today, and we want to welcome all of you. And we also have um, a special uh, day today. Uh, I'm going to ask our elders uh, to come to the front at this time as we will be appointing Grant Knight as to join them as one of our uh, shepherds. So Jay Bynum and Ken Culpepper, David Hammond, Galen Siegler, Wade Weathers, uh, and David Wicks are coming to the front, and then Grant Knight as well. Grant and Leanne, of course, uh, uh, have such a great history. You can read about that in our bulletin today, and they have many family and friends that are with them today for this special uh, special moment for their family and this special moment uh, for our church family. You know, being a church has all kinds of different things. Some things you celebrate, some things you uh, get through as best you can. And we have, of course, a a lot of that going on still, uh, even in this pandemic uh, year. Uh, We have uh, families who celebrate accomplishments. Uh, Our young Tanner Transier is on a youth football team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, this weekend, so congratulations to them. As I told them in class, the first of many championship rings, no doubt. Uh, and so it's wonderful to be able to celebrate accomplishments within our church family, and it's also wonderful uh, to be able to share uh, burdens. Uh, we're mindful this morning of uh, Sonia Carter and Davy uh, Carter, uh, one of our ministers. Sonia, wonderful teacher, she has tested positive for COVID as of just this weekend, I believe. And Davey tested negative, and we're grateful to God for that uh, with his special health concerns, but we're concerned for both of them, of course. So they will be quarantining for the next uh, couple of weeks or so and keep Sonia and Davey uh, in your prayers. And also, uh, Robert Lee asked me to share uh, uh, with tears how grateful he is for all the prayers and the encouragement that he has received as he has battled with COVID and uh, even spending some time in the hospital. And so we are, are very appreciative of the way God blesses us as a family. And one of the greatest blessings that he has given us are these men who literally uh, stand behind me at this moment, but who um, in another way stand behind me constantly. And what a blessing it is to work with such godly men and to be partners in ministry with these godly shepherds. And so uh, before David Hammond will lead us uh, in a few thoughts, perhaps in a prayer, certainly, um, I want to share with you some scriptures beginning with Acts 20, verse 28. To the elders of the church at Ephesus, Paul said, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 4. To the elders among you, Simon Peter writes, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Titus 1, verses 6 through 9. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And finally, 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 16. Although I hope to come to you soon, 
I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. Did I mess my hair up? Grant, we believe what Bill just read certainly describes you, describes your family, your upbringing, and your history with the church. We thank you, Grant, for your willingness, for your desire to be an elder of God's church here at West Irwin. We know that God is looking down on you and that Roger and Jan are looking down on you as well, knowing that this day, as you join the work as the eldership of West Irwin, was influenced by your parents' and most certainly God and his word. Uh, We wish you Godspeed with the work here at West Irwin, and we're glad to have you as an elder and that you've accepted the responsibility of an eldership here at West Irwin. And we certainly look forward to working with you. Grant is a fine person, and he will direct this church and get along with us, and we'll get along with him to make this a better church. Not only for you, but for for the Lord. So, thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Okay, great. All righty, y'all are dismissed. Yeah, I was going to have them sit down. Maybe. No, I'm not going to be. Don't worry, I'm not going to be that long. As Bill said, I'd like to welcome everyone here. And uh, if you don't already have not done it, please pick up a bulletin. There's a lot of information in there. Or go online and get it yourself uh, through those methods. We appreciate those who provide all the uh, information, Terry, Sharon, uh, all those who put out emails, bulletins, any type of uh, information such as that. Uh, we had a elders' deacons meeting uh, this past week. Uh, and it went really well. And I know in our class this morning, Michael talked about a little bit about being uh, complacent and maybe uh, even a little bit laxed in what's been going on the last nine months. And I fall into that category. I raise my hand. I, I fall in that category. But it was really good to hear. And I want to thank Gary Abels for chairing that meeting because we learned a lot that I did not know. The elders, other elders may have, but I did not know what's going on taking place within this church without my knowledge. And it was very uplifting, very uplifting, to know what is going on behind the scenes that we may not know about. One of those is the youth group. Uh, We are not without a youth group. We have people who are involved, parents who are involved, who've taken ownership of that and are running with it. And if you don't know about it, find out about it. And I want to thank Chad Chauncey, his family, and Kelly Monahan and his family, and what they've done to teach our youth what they need to be taught. And they are strong in what's going on. So if you don't know about it, ask one of them. Ask anybody in the youth group, and they can tell you. I mean, Winnie Roast, whatever. You can come break my yard. Hey, we'll find something for you to do to be active in the youth group. All right, let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, today we ask that you you continue to heal our land and that you give us patience in these times as we await your coming. I pray for those whose health has been compromised by COVID-19 and for those who suffer from economic impacts and physical impacts of this virus. God, we pray for the safety of those in health care and for our public servants who put themselves in harm's way. We pray for peace, love, forgiveness, unity, and godliness in each and every person. We pray for our leaders in every level of government and the impact of their decisions now and in the future. Lord, this life has challenges and can be overwhelming for us as human beings, but you tell us not to be afraid. 
Help us to believe in those words. Help us to turn away from our concern for ourselves and to turn our hearts toward others and toward you, the Almighty. We pray our worship will be pleasing to you and that we can lead others toward Christ as, as a church and as individuals. We ask for blessings for the families of those who've lost loved ones, the Drummond family, the Caskey family, the Latham family, Jim Armstrong and his family. We pray for peace and understanding. We pray for all of those on our prayer and care list as well as their families. We pray for Callie Huff, Debbie Jones, Sonia Carter, Jim Gibson, and Dick Albright, Leah Knight's father. Please be with those who are suffering in any way. Be with all of us as we face these challenges, and we thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for Grant and Leanne and for Grant's decision to become an elder. Bless him with wisdom, love, knowledge, patience, and understanding. Please be with the shepherds of this church family and that we will make the decisions that bring honor and glory to your name and help this church to remain faithful to your calling. We're grateful for our staff, and we ask that you bless them in the work that they do for your church and for us as Christians. Please prepare our new youth minister for the work that we do here at West Irwin. We know that you will guide us in our search, and our youth will be blessed now and in the future. We thank you for the families who have stepped up to continue the activities and provide our teenagers with the fruit of the knowledge of your word. We love and appreciate each and every one of them. Keep us safe through the upcoming holidays, and may it be a glad and healthy time for all of us. We pray for those who can't be here today in person, that their spiritual needs are being met by our methods of outreach and streaming. Please bless them and know that they are loved. Be with us each day, Lord, and help us to pray often and forgive others as we forgive us as we forgive others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. There's a comedian I follow. His name's Jeff Allen. He's a he has a unique story of his life, um, and I has a lot of relevance to what we're about to talk about. Him growing up, he was a really good athlete, played baseball really well, and had a lot of people saying, "Man, man, you've got a lot of God-given talents." And uh, kept going on, kept going on, and was looking at colleges, looking at him, and a lot of different things, and. He had got an MVP in a series or whatever, and a guy had planted a seed and said, hey, God didn't do that. You did it. He said, you did that by yourself. You, you worked. You put the time in. You did it. And as his life kind of unfolds later on as, he, as he's doing things by himself, he becomes an alcoholic. He doesn't go on to play baseball. He almost loses his wife, his kids. He contemplates suicide, and he comes back to God. And I say that right now is to say we are told on a daily basis at every turn that we can do it by ourselves, that we can, we can do this life, that we don't need God, whether it be in social media, whether it be in unknowing friends, people we hold dear, that we can do this by ourselves and we don't need God. The nice and unique thing that we have at this moment, every Sunday is an opportunity to know that we are not by ourselves, that we don't do this by ourselves, that God is with us each and every moment, and that Christ walked on this earth so that we could see a living God, that we could see a life, a perfect life, and that we could see what a true Lamb of God is, a true a true person that gives up everything for, for what we have and where we can be. We have that opportunity every Sunday. Let's not forget this. We are never alone. We never do it alone. If you'll pray with me. Father God, we are humble. We are blessed. We are amazed at who you are to us, who you're willing to be for us. Father, as Christ was beaten, torn, ripped as he took all that on for us Father he had us in mind he had each and every one of us here he knew our names Father we are so blessed by that we have no idea as he bore our sin as he took it on that cross so that we could have a true life with you Father Father let us never hold let us never forget that let us always hold tight to that So as we take, with, take this bread that represents the body, let us understand. Let us reflect back. Let us know who you are and what you are. It's in your holy name we pray. simply stated in John 14:6 I'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me it's simple Christ is the key his blood was shed for us every one of us here you pray with me Father God, again we come to you reflecting on 
that final moment as blood and water ran down. They can wash the lowliest of lowly, pure and white. Father, we are unworthy of any of that. A sacrifice so great. And yet you chose each and every one of us. You chose the pain, the burden. And as we look away on a daily and not put you in front of us, we put you behind us, Father. You still are there. He bore it for us. Father, let us always focus, lock eyes on you. Let us know your path and follow it. And never forget who you are. It's in your holy name we pray. During this time, we have an opportunity as well to give of our means, to give of our abilities. We take this time to focus on on Christ and who he was to us, but there's also a call for us to go and seek and save the lost. We utilize the monies that are given, but we can also utilize the time and the hands that are willing to give. We all have that opportunity whether it be monetary, whether it be time, whatever our abilities are and can be, we need to focus on that and give as we can with a smile. And we go out into the world and seek and save the lost and we grow that kingdom. All of us have that. Pray with me. Father, we have gifts abundant in this country in this state everyone here whether it be monetary or ability I see a house full of great things a house full of opportunity and a house built on you God just always focus on that that when we leave this place this place was built by you for you and as that world revolves around us outside we have opportunity to build elsewhere to grow elsewhere to grow the glory of you let us reach out let's plant seeds plant seeds of growth that grow fruit to your kingdom father with that that is all we have every person here can do that let's go Be charged for that. Be energized to do it. Father, be with us this week. And let's grow your kingdom. It's in your holy name we pray.
is a very special day. It's been uh, a special time. Several weeks ago, we appointed uh, several men to join our ranks of deacons and serve as those special servants with designated tasks. And uh, so it's wonderful to get the update from our shepherd, David Hammond, about the meeting last week. And I add my appreciation to uh, Gary for heading that meeting up and for our our elders and our deacons for the work that they have been uh, doing and uh, the work that we all have ahead for us as well. Uh, While some serve in specific tasks, all disciples are called to be servant leaders. This is not something that we get to decide if we want to do or not. Jesus shares, as we'll see in the scripture passages this morning, that he wants all of us to serve, and he wants all of us to be servant leaders. And again, some do that in very specific roles, in very specific tasks, such as our elders and our deacons, such as our Bible class teachers and other ministry leaders who serve in in so many ways, so much ministry that is done through this church family. And so what a blessing it is today to see our brother Grant join uh, our other shepherds as elders of this church family, to know that we have uh, very active men who are going to be leading in our various ministries as deacons and others who, are, who have picked up the slack. We have so many that uh, are attending online still, and again, we are thankful for that. And they continue to be as involved uh, as, as you can, and, and we know that, and we're grateful for that. We pray for the day when we'll all be able to be together and safely uh, joining each other as we lift up our voices in song and prayer and as we join together in communion and Bible study. But in the meantime, isn't it great to have the Internet? What a great blessing that is. And so many of our folks that are at home and are attending and worshiping with us uh, remotely uh, still continue to serve and still continue to lead and to try to help others as they hear about the needs that they might have. Continue to give, continue to serve, continue to lead. What a great blessing that is. Uh, All disciples of Jesus lead by serving. As David Hammond shared, we're excited about the youth minister search process. That goes on, and we have a great committee formed led by uh, our two uh, deacons who are over uh, youth, Randy Turner and Jonathan Stone, and, and we look forward to God leading us to that man who will be able to serve this church family and our youth and our youth families in that very special role. In the meantime, as David shared, that work goes on. And we appreciate uh, uh, those who are involved in that work even right now. All disciples of Jesus lead by serving. As Chad shared during our communion time, we are not alone. We have the Lord who is with us and we have each other. One of the great blessings that God has given us is a church family. Uh, that we think that we have been isolated this year in this pandemic year. Imagine going through all of this without a church family, uh, without brothers and sisters in Christ uh, that are there when you need them and that will accept your help when it is needed and can remain in contact and in prayer. Uh, What a great blessing that is. I believe in servant leadership. We shared some of these thoughts several weeks ago as we appointed new deacons and we're reminding ourselves of those, uh, of that call to be servant leaders on this special day uh, today. Uh, All serve as servant leaders. Uh, Some serve in very specific roles and tasks, but all of us are called to serve. All of us are called to lead. Servant leaders answer the call. They answer the call to serve. They answer the call to give. They answer the call to love. And they answer the call to lead. And so the passages of scripture that I'm listing today are scriptures not given just specifically to elders. They apply to them, of course. But they're given 
to all of us. I believe in servant leadership. So four things about servant leaders, actually five today. First of all, servant leaders answer the call to serve. That great passage in Matthew chapter 20, where a well-meaning mom, don't you just love moms? (laughs) I've known moms like James and John's mom, Mrs. Zebedee who goes to Jesus with her boys and she says, you know, I got some great kids. We don't have time for me to pull out my cell phone right now and show you pictures of them growing up, but they were terrific growing up and they're terrific now. I know you would agree, Jesus. And so why don't you let them sit one on your right and one on your left when you come in your kingdom? Doesn't that sound like a great idea? And Jesus says, well, look, there's, there's more to this than glory. Make the sacrifices you're going to be called to make. Sure, sure, we can. And Jesus says, well, and you will. You will. In fact, one of those two boys, James, the brother of John, was the very first apostle killed for the faith in Acts chapter 12. So yes, they would make those sacrifices. But Jesus goes on to say, look, that's not my call. I'm going to leave that to the Father. But I can tell you this. You can be a leader You can be first, but here's what that looks like. If you're going to be a leader, you've got to serve. If you're going to be first, you've got to be last. Because Jesus says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. In other places, Jesus would be even more clear about that. And tell his disciples, look, if... uh, if they've treated me this way, if I've had to sacrifice this way, then, and I'm the master and you're the servants. I'm the shepherd and you're the sheep. I'm the Lord and you're the disciples. If that was the case for me, then it will be even more so for you. Servant leaders answer that call, just as Jesus did. The call not to be served, but to serve. Servant leaders answer the call to serve. Secondly, today, servant leaders answer the call to give. This very familiar passage in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is an extended uh, version, a sermon message about giving, and specifically giving financially. But we understand what it means because in these first few verses of 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says it starts in the heart. It starts with the heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches, those churches such as Philippi in the northern part of modern-day Greece. Verse 2, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. Verse 5 says, They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. Servant leaders answer the call to give. And they give themselves first. And once you've given yourself first, then everything else just kind of joins right in. Because in a sense, you've already committed that part. If you've given yourself, then you've given it all. And so whether it's money or time or gifts, you are willing to do that when you see the need and when you're able to answer the call. Servant leaders answer the call to give. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. Verse 7 says, since you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge in complete earnestness and in the love we've kindled in you, see that you excel in this grace of giving. Following in the steps of the Lord, as we sang earlier, who came and gave. Paul continues on and applies that to the Lord in verse 9. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, 
might become rich. That's how this giving thing works. We give, but we give in response to what Jesus has already given for us. And so just as he came to give, he sends us out now to do the same, to give as we have received from him. This great passage in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 ends with these words in chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Everything that we do, everything that we give is a response. It's not... It's not done to receive some blessing. It's done because we have received the blessing. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Servant leaders answer the call to serve. Servant leaders answer the call to give. And servant leaders answer the call to love. In Mark 12 is Mark's version of this familiar instance. In Luke 10, as Luke writes about this, he He writes it in the context of the Good Samaritan parable that Jesus tells. As Mark records it, he records it with a man who seems to be a little bit more genuine, perhaps, than what Matthew uh, might record and Luke might record. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Quoting from Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Now quoting from Leviticus 19. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Verse 32, well said, teacher, the man replied, you're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Servant leaders answer the call to love, to love God first of all with everything that we are, everything that we have, everything about us. As the first of the Ten Commandments says, have no other gods before him. And as Paul quotes that great passage, in Deut- or as Jesus quotes that great passage from Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with everything about you, heart, soul, strength, mind, everything. And that is the greatest commandment. And the second Jesus says is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And typically when we give, we're giving to our neighbor. And we're giving for our neighbor. Some of those neighbors we might know very personally. Some of them maybe not. But love calls us to give. And love calls us to serve. Servant leaders answer the call to serve. Servant leaders answer the call to give. Servant leaders answer the call to love. And then fourth, servant leaders answer the call to lead. As a writer of Hebrews begins to wind down this great epistle, um, He says this in Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so, one of their issues of their day. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. Verse 11, the high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so when they offered up those sacrifices or when they had anything unclean, it was to be taken out of the camp 
And that's how they got rid of it. That was the refuse. That was what was unclean. And what the writer of Hebrews says is that is the ultimate act of service. To go outside the camp. To go and join the refuse. To join that which is unclean. To join yourself to that which is unclean. Verse 12 of Hebrews 13. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. That's what Jesus did for us. It started, as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It started in John 1 when this eternal creator word took upon flesh and lived for a while among us. It ultimately came by him becoming a curse for us and dying on the cross, as Chad led us in celebrating as we gathered around the table. And it continued with that resurrection seen in the empty tomb. Jesus himself went outside the city gate, outside the camp, to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then, verse 13, go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city to come. And servant leaders do that. They follow Jesus. And as they are following Jesus outside the camp to do whatever task is called upon to be done, and whatever that might mean, they're leading others as they follow Jesus there. And what a blessing it is to have shepherds of the flock here who will be that kind of leader, who will be servant leaders, who will join the Lord they love outside the city gate, outside the camp, and call on others to see their service first and then to follow their lead in joining Jesus there. Here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And so in the meantime, we worship. We're going to be talking about these next two verses next Sunday as we speak about what I believe in, why I believe in biblical worship. Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16, give us the instructions about how we're to worship. We're to worship directly with our praise, with the things that come out of our mouth, but we're also to worship indirectly by living the life of Christ every day and doing good and helping others. Verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And then the Holy Spirit gives us the sheep, some instructions about our leaders, our shepherds. Hebrews 13, verse 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Yes, it is no small task to be an elder in the church. It is no small task to take on the oversight of God's people. It is a humbling thing. It is a daunting thing. It is a fearful thing, and it is a great, great blessing. To the shepherd and to the sheep, they watch over you as those who must give an account. They will answer to God for the kind of servant leaders they are in that role as shepherds, as bishops and overseers, as elders. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. We are called upon to do what we can to help make their role and their task and their ministry a joy and not a burden. And there's a reason for that. And I'm convinced of this after 40 plus years in ministry. There's a reason why we are called upon to help make their, their work and their ministry a joy and not a burden. Because they don't need our help to make it a burden. It already is. 
It already is. Day in and day out. Year in and year out. These men and their wives, their family, they share this burden. But these men especially who have to give an account for the leadership, the servant leadership that they are providing for the church for which Jesus died. And I want you to know that our elders get that. And they feel that burden. And they feel it greatly. And there's nothing that we need to do to add to that burden. But what is needed is for us to add to the joy to make their work a joy. It will always be a burden. We can't take that completely away. But what we can do is encourage them and get behind them and submit to them and and help them help us by following their lead to be servant leaders. And then the writer of Hebrews finishes this great passage by saying this in verse 18, pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. And I hear that prayer from our elders calling out to each one of us, pray for us. I hope you pray every single day for our elders. I I especially hope you've prayed for them every day this year (laughs) because it has been especially burdensome for them. And yet they have been there for us. They have been there for the church. They're not superhuman, they're not perfect, but they are faithful. And they are our shepherds, and we pray for them. Servant leaders answer the call to serve. Servant leaders answer the call to give. Servant leaders answer the call to love. Servant leaders answer the call to lead. And as we close today, servant leaders answer to the chief shepherd. Peter makes a point of that in the passage I read earlier from 1 Peter 5 as he talks to the elders that were there in the churches where he was writing to, probably in the northern part of modern-day Turkey. Perhaps some of them even having been appointed by Paul and Barnabas after going through on that first mission journey. Some later, of course. But as Peter writes this and he counsels them as a fellow elder to to be examples to the flock, to do this willingly, to do this humbly, because they will answer to the chief shepherd of their souls, of all of our souls. And as the writer of Hebrews ends this great uh, book, uh, he mentions several things, and I want to read verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And that is a great prayer for us to pray for our leaders. That is a great prayer for us to pray for one another and for our church. To decide to follow Jesus is to pray the prayer, this prayer that I just read. To decide to follow Jesus is to pray the prayer we're about to sing. Lord, Make me a servant. Lord, make me like you. If our church can help answer that prayer today, come as we stand and sing this great song together. Make me a servant, Lord, make
God in heaven, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, the Bible. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for the opportunity uh, that we've had this morning to hear your word proclaimed and we're able to do it in freedom. We pray, Father, for those people that are still suffering from the coronavirus. We pray for the return to good health and we pray for those that have recovered and they'll continue to do so. We pray, Heavenly Father, for Grant as he begins his time as a new elder here at this church. We pray that he, along with our other elders, will continue to guide us through these turbulent times. We want to remember Grant's family and Leanne as she stands beside him as his helpmate as he goes through his time as a servant for you. We ask now that you'll watch over and guide us as we leave this building. Keep us safe. Keep us free from harm. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.